0: Hello and welcome to the parish podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us.
1: Now a man was ill, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfumed oil, and dried his feet with her hair. It was her brother, Lazarus, who was ill. So the sister sent word to him saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, this illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, "'Let us go back to Judea.' The disciples said to him, "'Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you, "'and you want to go back there?' Jesus answered, "'Are there not 12 hours in a day? "'If one walks during the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks at night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. He said this, and then told them, our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I am going to awaken him. So the disciples said to him, Master, if he is asleep, he will be saved. But Jesus was talking about his death, While they thought that he meant ordinary sleep. So then Jesus said to them clearly, Lazarus has died. And I am glad for you that I was not there, that you may believe. Let us go to him. So Thomas, called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go to die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary secretly, saying, The teacher is here and is asking for you. As soon as she heard this, she rose quickly and went to him. For Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still where Martha had met him. So when the Jews were with her in the house comforting her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out, they followed her, presuming that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did not I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what he had done began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise
0: to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, if you didn't notice it, we have different, maybe some of you already looked at the, the readings and the prayers of the Mass for today, and you're like, wait a second, Father, that collect, that prayer that collects all of our prayers in the very beginning of Mass, that was different than what it's supposed to be. Yes, because we have our RCI candidates today. Today, we're praying that they may be able to persevere, to make it to holy baptism. Um, we get a lot of stuff within our readings talking about light and darkness, We hear within that second reading, now Paul is speaking to like us the baptized, saying those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh. On the contrary, you're in the Spirit. And if only the Spirit dwells in you. We remember like, brothers and sisters, the reality of baptism is significant. Without baptism, we do not have the light of Christ within us. We do not have the Holy Spirit Something we utterly need if we're going to live in the Spirit and thus be able to die and rise with Christ. We need Him and thus we need holy baptism. We pray for these who, are, who have, God has already been moving, who's loving them and poking them and prodding them to come into the one true church. The means of salvation for all who will like lovingly come and or rather respond to God's love and submit themselves to Him in the sacraments. We pray for them that they may be able, again, to get to that day. We support them with one of the most important things we can do. Pray. And offer the sacrifice for them in union like with God's perfect sacrifice so that they may become holy. They may submit to everything God wants for them. That flame may, be, may burn brightly in them when they become baptized. And they may, again, have the life that he wants. Not just one day when they die, raising from the dead, but the life that God wants for them always now beginning here and now at easter vigil so too it's a moment for us the people who are supposed to be born of the spirit and in the spirit to remember like the, how much again we utterly need god it was god who chose us who loved us in our weakness in our pain in when we were just spiritual corpses because that's what we are before like baptism that's what we are we are dead in sin as saint paul is talking about So, too, it's a reminder to us that when we fall in mortal sin, that's what happens to us. That's one of the reasons to connect it with the Eucharistic revival. That's one of the reasons why we don't receive the Eucharist when we have mortal sin. Because you can't feed a corpse. A corpse doesn't eat. And when you and I commit sin, grave sin, like of our own free volition, we kill ourselves. We we say, God, I don't want the life of you in me anymore. I want to be in the flesh. I no longer want to please you, I want to please myself with whatever this sin is. Now none of us want that. We want to have the life that God has for us. And if anything, today we thank God for our baptism as we pray for the baptism that they are to receive. We thank God as well for that, like in a sense, renewal of our baptism as He reconciles us in the sacrament of confession and brings us back to life each time we would fall to our own human weakness and respond to the flesh. And it's with that in mind that we even still go to the Gospel, just recognizing the immense amount of love that God has for us. That when we sin, when we bring even suffering into our world, because remember, it's Adam and Eve. Like, who brought suffering and death in the world. It was never supposed to be here. But through their sin, our sin, like, it's here. It's a part of our life. And as we already start to ponder the passion of Christ, that he will go to death. He will go into suffering. Like he's trying to show us it today, that that's where he's going. That's where he's always wanted to be. That he wants to, if anything, do away with death. That he wants to conquer it. And so he gives us this last sign today. This sign that's recounted in the Gospel of John. That great gospel that speaks to us of the great signs and love of God. And today for us who are baptized, there's something else for us to ponder. The reality that after we have been baptized, because he's trying to show us something, Christ is trying to show us something before he goes into his passion and death. What we can hope for after His passion, death, resurrection. And once we have been baptized and been born in the Spirit, what we can hope for? That He will precisely walk with us in suffering. Again, that thing that He never wanted for us, which is why we can see even in His humanity today, He weeps. God weeps. It even says He's disturbed. There's like a groaning in spirit that He hates that His people are separated from Him. It's a reminder, though, still to us, and we can see this within the the fault of Martha and Mary. And this is, again, a reminder to us, dear faithful, of like a temptation that will be with us after we have been baptized. Martha, who kind of represents the active life, and Mary, who represents the contemplative life, they both fall to the same, like, lie. Jesus, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. Jesus, if you were here, he wouldn't have suffered, basically. And it's a reminder to us, no, that's not true, because what does it say? He heard that Lazarus was dying, and then he, because he loved him, stayed there. Let him die. It seems mind-blowing to us. A, like, what parent, if you, like the your, your wife called and was like, hey honey, your son's sick, like, he's, I'm going to have to take him to the ER, would be like, I'm going to stay here for like three more days at work, okay? No, you'd be like, that sounds horribly unloving. Not in the divine economy. God, for us who are baptized, sees how, because like, he can work through anything. He can take suffering and death. He can now transform it. He who went into suffering and death, he came to show us that this is no longer scary, that this is not the end. This is sometimes the beginnings. In fact, it is for us Christians, the beginnings of life. We have to enter into it. But guess what? For those who are hurting out there, for those who are suffering, maybe from your own sins, from maybe somebody else's sins, something that they did to you, maybe who are suffering with a loved one who has died, you're not alone. That's what Christ comes to tell us today, that you're not really alone in your suffering. That he wants to get into it. He wants to, if anything, transform it. He might even want to, like, use it as a sign for others that he is deeply, intimately close to those who suffer. In fact, that's actually the testimony of the life of the saints. Usually the closer a saint is to God, the more they suffer. But they're transformed by that suffering. It becomes a, a place of deep, deep, deep encounter and intimacy where they learn they have to surrender all of themselves and then crucified with Christ. As St. Paul says, they rise to a whole new life, a way that's beyond like our understanding. It's an extraordinary way of living. Guess what? Christ calls all of us to that. But we have to be able to go there with him in the suffering, we cannot listen to that lie that the devil will try to say that like, if you're suffering, Jesus isn't with you. No, 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 no. When you are suffering, he's precisely close to you. That's what he'll want to show as we journey towards Good Friday and we ponder the cross. And even as we ponder the cross right here and now, that, that's in fact of what God does. Every Sunday, every time we come to Mass, we come with our sufferings, we come with our aches and join it to the one sacrifice of Christ and says, here, I'm here for you. Here I am. Body, blood, soul, and divinity, so you may have life, I may be in you, and you may be strengthened so as to walk the journey, that narrow road which few will choose because often they, we choose our sins, we choose the easy way out, we choose the comfort, we choose those pleasures of the world, rather than going deeply into the suffering, dying to ourselves, so that we can rise to new life. Today, as we like, kind of round out Lent and encourage you to keep going big, keep going strong in Lent, like offer big sacrifices, give yourself totally to God, die to self, that God's there. If maybe you're beating yourself up because I, I haven't done good in Lent, I, I fell on my, my, my Lenten sacrifice, okay, begin again. God wants in. Let him in. Surrender. Surrender your heart. That's what Lent is about To come with repentance and mourning, recognizing again a God who would love us so much, the Father who would send His Son, the Son who would love us so much that He would go into suffering, die, rise, so that what? Then we may have the third person, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and live in light, live and have the life, live so that we can ultimately, as we even have at the end of Mass, that command, that loving command from God, go, tell others of my love. Go in peace. Share it so that others may have life. The only way we're ever going to believe that, the only way we're ever going to live that, is again, if we will invite God into our sufferings. And so today, again, seeing the love that he has for his friend Lazarus, the love that he had for Martha and Mary, even though he allowed them suffering, it's a reminder to us that in our sufferings, again, he desires to be. In our sufferings, if we will go there with him, if we will invite them, invite him into it, he who will weep with us, he who will, again, desire to bring us out of it, like if we will allow him into it, he will. He will transform it. He will make it a sign to others. And he will, again, help others come to know him, love him, surrender their life to him. But it begins with you. Will you surrender? Will you let him in? Will you let him suffer with you? but again, transform that suffering. As we enter deeper into Lent, let us do so, confident in the God who loves us, that he desires to give us both light and life.